0: This is Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. Florida's economy is booming and Hispanic-owned businesses are contributing to that growth. Some 600,000 Hispanic-owned businesses contribute more than $90 billion to the state's economy, according to the Florida State Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Today on Florida Matters, we'll explore what that means for the greater Tampa Bay region business owner paula lacy talks about moving from virginia to st petersburg and the challenge of restarting her business in a new state we'll also talk with eli gonzalez president of the hispanic chamber of commerce of pinellas county about what's changed in the two years since he started the chamber and the impact of florida's new immigration laws first though let's hear from some of the attendees who spoke to florida matters at the united states hispanic chamber of commerce national conference in orlando last month Mercedes Young is the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Tampa Bay, which has about 500 members.
1: In the state of Florida, there isn't any type of service or product that doesn't have the hands of a Hispanic involved, at least in the state of Florida. If you don't speak Spanish, when you're making the sandwich, you have to speak it when you're putting the roof. (laughs) You You just have to.
0: Alicia Gonzalez with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Metro Orlando says elected officials and those running for office need to pay attention.
1: We want them to realize that Latinos are contributing to the economy at high numbers and that we're invested in America, that we are part of the fabric that makes uh, the United States really thrive.
0: We also talked with the president of the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Ramiro Cavazos, He says Florida is a good place to do business because of its low taxes and connections with South and Central America. But he says there are challenges too, including the risks posed by climate change and the state's polarized politics.
2: That freedom to uh, start something from nothing and to build wealth and prosperity and create jobs is really a very American thing. And in the Latino community, more businesses per capita are started by Latinos than any other group in America. And that means that we are naturally entrepreneurial, competitive, and you know the services that we're providing and the innovation uh, stem from high-tech to low-tech uh, companies. And so we're very excited about the growth of this economic power in the Latino community. And we trying to do our job to fuel that growth and to serve the marketplace and to provide the workforce needs of companies that are really struggling to keep up with the expansion in the economy.
0: Where does Florida fit into that then? Is, is Florida kind of an, an outlier when it comes to growth and expansion? Is, you know, can, do you look at other states and say they're progressing along the same lines or what, what sort of stands out about this state in particular?
2: I think the advantage of Florida, it's one of 10 states whose name derives from the Spanish language. So it clearly has a Spanish roots. Obviously, you know, St. Augustine, first location settled in America. It's clearly also a fast-growing economy. Latinas, Hispanic women in Florida are starting companies at six times the rate of non-Latinas in America. And that's true of most markets across the country. Florida is also a market that is uh, good for business. You know, the limited taxation. So last thing I would say about Florida that impresses everyone is is really just the fact that uh, the economy is growing. It's It's strong. Multiple cultures, multiple languages, great academic institutions that Florida also has. Human capital is being developed at a very fast rate here and trained, and that's a big need uh, for companies to continue to grow and to locate. And so we're here for that reason, for those reasons. And and we we see that uh, Florida, in my opinion, is is a top five uh, state when it comes to economic growth for
0: Latinos. What about some of the headwinds? What worries you when it comes to barriers you might see to growth in the future?
2: You know, uh, there's no question that climate change is affecting not just Florida, but many markets. It's clear that it has impacted insurance rates. It's impacted the ability to even have coverage. You know, I grew up in Texas, so hurricanes and tropical depressions were normal. But now you're seeing the um, multiplier effect with the damage that is caused by the repetition of of flooding and and inundation of uh, low-lying areas in Florida clearly is going to be affected by that so there needs to be some planning there. Two, I think the other challenge for Florida is just the uh, polarized political landscape. I think most Americans are united in spirit and also in uh, kind of moderate approaches to how we should live our life and support one another and for whatever reason, is not just the Florida thing. Our country is very polarized right now. We are a bipartisan organization. We, we really don't care about Republicans or Democrats. Uh, you know, we think red and blue politics is, is very dangerous and actually will delay the expansion of the economy. We love to say we're, instead of red and blue, we're red, white, and blue at the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And our favorite color is green, and we want to put the color of money or the color of uh, financial success in the pockets of small business owners I believe that's what people really want is a higher quality of life achieving the American dream the ability to uh, have freedom and stay independent and uh, unfortunately uh, many states not just Florida right now are very polarized when it comes to policies and uh, we need to realize that some of that is really going to hinder our success as a as a global economy. We're 40% of the global economy, which is astounding, but we're not going to keep growing at the rate we're growing and filling jobs at the rate we're filling if we don't solve our immigration challenges, if we don't solve our um, green energy challenges, and if we continue to have and allow politicians to try to divide us against one another. We believe we're united more than, than people think, but Uh, Our job is to uh, work to change that and make it better.
0: And that was Romero Cavazos, president of the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, who we talked with at the Chamber's National Conference in Orlando last month. You're listening to Florida Matters. Coming up, a business owner shares her story of relocating from Virginia to St. Petersburg, and we discuss the impact of Florida's new immigration laws. Welcome back to Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. We're talking about the contributions Hispanic-owned businesses make to the economy in the greater Tampa Bay region. To get a sense of the opportunities and challenges facing those businesses, we paid a visit to the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce office in downtown St. Petersburg. Eli Gonzalez is the founder and senior writer of The Ghost Publishing and president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Pinellas County. Eli, thank you so much for being here.
3: Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. And we're
0: also joined by Paula Lacey, CEO of Real Soul Ventures, uh, which is a creative agency. And Paula, you moved from moved to Pinellas County, I should say, not too long ago, right? Yes, about eight months ago. So Eli, let me start with you. You began the chamber a couple of years ago. What have you seen change in the business environment
3: in that time? You know, a lot can change in two years and, and that starts from the top, really you know, with the laws that that become enacted. So within these two years, our governor made a new law that any employer that have more than 25 employees, they have to put in certain paperwork. In Pinellas County here, particularly in Clearwater, uh, there are a lot of undocumented people that were doing great work, but now those people aren't able to work. So that's really kind of affected the landscape here because Latino consumers Uh, sponsor Latino businesses. So when you get some families that can no longer bring in any income, there's a ripple effect to it. So I'd say since since we started just two years ago, that's probably the biggest thing that's happened to the Hispanic market. Eli,
0: when you talk about some of the kind of changes in the business environment and thinking particularly about that law, are you then getting different kinds of requests for assistance from your members or for people in the business community than you might have anticipated a couple of years ago?
3: Yeah, I was part of the Hispanic Chamber uh, of Tampa Bay for five years. I was on their board for five years before being the founder of this this chamber here. It's a different landscape, Hillsborough and and Pinellas. What we're finding is employers are coming to us looking for uh, quality bilingual employees and we're starting to get the employees, Hispanic employees looking for a right fit for them. So um, I didn't expect that we would be playing matchmaker when I started the chamber. And, and by the way, I say I, but it's it's definitely not me. We have an amazing board. Nobody can do anything great by themselves. But we, we probably didn't expect that we would be playing matchmaker when we first started this chamber. But we're so happy to do so. We're so happy to connect the right people with the right companies. That's a bonus for me.
0: I want to ask too about those different chambers, because you mentioned the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Tampa Bay and... You know, my understanding is that there's, there's three in the kind of Greater Tampa Bay region, right? So, do you compete or collaborate, and, and why the need for so many?
3: Yeah, so it's a great question. So the other chamber is the Latin Chamber of Tampa, and the, the presidents of the three chambers we're actually very good friends, and we we don't compete. We do kind of cross each other's bounds, because the one in Tampa has been around for 42 years, and they already have members here in Pinellas County. We cross promote. You know, I I think that our culture, even though we come from different parts of Latin America or Caribbean, what have you, the beautiful thing of the people here that have these positions, these titles, we just want the Hispanic business community to thrive. And if it's with our chamber, uh, we'll do what we can, but if another chamber suits them best, then we recommend them to go over there. So I I think it starts the foundation that the three of us knew each other before we started becoming uh, presidents of chambers, and our friendship, has really crossed the lines and permeated into the way that our chambers connect. So we don't compete. You know, we lift each other up. Next year, we're going to do some cross uh, promotions and events together. So it, it's a beautiful thing. And I just wish that more Latinos in period would see us of so many different ethnicities and different regions just saying, hey, let's get together for the greater good of our people.
0: Have you noticed, too, since you started your chamber, has there been some more buy-in or or input from other chambers that were around before your chamber was started or before even the the Tampa Bay Chamber was started.
3: Yeah, so I'm very very pleasantly surprised, particularly here in St. Petersburg and the area here. The other chambers in Pinellas County, thankfully they don't they don't see us as competitors. We're here to augment the community. And so two of uh, of my advisors are established chamber presidents. So the city of St. Pete and, and a lot of the towns here in Pinellas County, they've opened their doors for what we're doing. We've got tremendous sponsorship from some of the hospitals and some of the, the bigger organizations which help keep our lights on. I'm actually just very, very warmed at two things. One, uh, Latinos now have a seat at the table. There are a lot of conversations going on that Latino business owners would never have been able to know about, such as the, the gas plant district. There's $8.3 billion being done in this renovation project the next 20 years, if this chamber wasn't here, we wouldn't know about it. But not only do we know about it, but we've got a seat at the table, and now I'm involved in some of the committees that actually are gonna disperse some life-changing contracts to Hispanic business owners, and now we have the time to make sure that they get equipped so they're eligible to receive these contracts, these bids. I know I'm going all over the board, but I'm just so excited for what we're doing and for the overall response we've gotten here in Pinellas County. Paul, tell me
0: about your business.
1: Well, Real Soul Ventures is a creative agency. We work with businesses from branding to brand strategy, visual identity, and we also create content strategy and all kinds of copywriting for website, blogs, emails, things like that, and graphics and video as well for social media. So we're on the edge of where technology is going when it comes to marketing and creativity.
0: And you've been here for about eight months. Where did you come from and what prompted the move to uh, Pinellas County?
1: Yes, eight months, we moved here from Virginia, and it really was my husband's effort to find a place that he felt was more aligned with who I am. Virginia, we were lived in the suburbs, and there was no real sense of community, of culture and arts, and there's something going on every single day here in the city. And so he found out event schedules, he found out just the walkability of the city, the transport, the closeness to the beach, just the location of it, the weather, even it's a little bit cooler here in St. Pete, in Pinellas County than it is in Tampa. And so he did all that research and he said, this is the city that I think that will be the best city for you and we came and visited for five days. And I actually stayed, I said, I don't wanna go back he went back, put the house on the market while I stayed here and met amazing people that really are plugging into my business and, and the community. And then a week later, I got the truck from Virginia and then we were here. We were living here.
0: So what about the business then? What, what's, what have you noticed that's different about doing business here versus Virginia? What, what do you like about it? What are some of the challenges? What have the headwinds been in those eight months?
1: Well, I think doing business anywhere really is about community, and so there's an ease of community resources here in Pinellas County, I think. It was harder, it took a lot longer for me in Virginia to get established, and here it's been eight months and I've already met some amazing people, great clients, great community collaborations. I worked on a short film already, and we've done so many things that would have taken a lot more years in in Virginia and so it's been a lot of fun and that is part of what I think makes it different and the fact that you can do anything all year round you don't have the issues of snow and long commutes and things like that.
0: I wonder, kind of thinking from the point of view of Hispanic business owner, what are some of the things that a chamber of commerce that caters to the Hispanic community really can help you out that other chambers can't? What are some of the sort of unique challenges do you think for Hispanic business owners that other business owners may not be facing here?
1: Well, I think as a Hispanic woman, there's a lot of barriers to entry into into the community when you first arrive into a new community so being able to plug into a chamber that is already so full of resources was super helpful in connecting me with the right people and giving me advice the lay of the land and giving me leadership opportunities as well because I was able to put it to be put into a position where I was in touch with a lot of high-level decision makers and so that I'm really grateful for and they were very open arms and, and really welcome me into the community. And some of the challenges that we face is the, the Hispanic community lives in small pockets all over Pinellas County and a lot of them, because of the immigration issues, are afraid to go out and, and talk openly about their issues. So we have to be very intentional about reaching them with our messaging, with our programs to make sure that they understand that it's a safe space for them to learn and to grow and, and then be able to create that entrepreneurial education that takes into account the challenges that we face acclimating to the new culture and potentially not knowing what licenses we need or how to get bigger contracts or how to sell to people in different cultures and things like that. You
0: know, I just thinking about the issues around immigration, the, the new laws that have rolled out in Florida. I mean, obviously, the Latino community in, in Florida and in Tampa Bay is not a monolith. Do you get the sense that there are some things that people may be overlooking when it comes to the impacts, like unintended or intended, of these new laws and how they're playing out?
3: Yeah, you know, I think I'm a responsible citizen of this country and very proud of this country and whenever laws are enacted there's good reasons for it but in just about every law not just any laws about immigration there are going to be some people that are affected by it you know sometimes people do things for the greater good and while it might be for the greater good there's a section of people that might get hurt by it i don't think that um, you know it's a personal or anything like that for latinos i mean that's just when when you're in a, a big country like this and they make big sweeping moves The majority people are going to be positively affected hopefully so on this one you know we we are getting affected i understand the reasons you know i understand our borders i understand and i agree with a lot of it it's just uh, this is life my friend this is where we are this is the situation we're not in a perfect world but we're here to help you know if anybody has been affected by this law or any other law it's hard to do business it's hard to be an entrepreneur i mean you have to be courageous you have to be able to get up in the morning and go at it again after you got beat up the day before, after you lost your biggest client and you're crying and you don't know how you're gonna pay your rent or your mortgage the next month. I applaud all entrepreneurs. Anybody that said, you know what, I'm not gonna take this salary, I'm gonna show and prove what I'm worth by my own skill and my own knowledge and determination. So uh, Chambers are, are really, really, really the lifeblood for people like that. And by the way, the Tampa area here, we are second per capita of entrepreneurs out of every other city in America, only to Atlanta. And I think that we're gonna beat Atlanta soon. The entrepreneurial spirit here in Tampa is vibing, man. It's alive and it's growing. Entrepreneurs are coming here by the droves, like Paula, because they see the opportunity here. They see the like-minded people. You know, So what, what we offer is uh, our, our resources here that were in Tampa, but never here in terms of networking events.
0: And when you say Tampa, you're talking about greater Tampa Bay area.
3: Right, the greater Tampa Bay area, but specifically the, the Tampa Hispanic Chamber has been around for 44 years. So those entrepreneurs and business owners, owners there, they've been fed, they've been nourished. Latino business owners in Pinellas, if they're still around, it's because of their talent and their passion alone. You know, a lot of them never went to colleges. We don't have business degrees. But because we're so good and passionate about what we do, we're still here. Now we're able to provide them the rest that they need, the resources, how they can become loanable. We had a panel of five members that were all banking institutions that taught our members and our friends, people that follow us, what they need to do to get a business loan, to get a business line of credit. And a lot of the people that are members of ours, they had no idea they could already have gotten a loan. You know, but, and that's what we mean by resources and by educating them. And you know what, Matthew, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. We're just getting started. How long
0: ago did you start your business?
3: I started my business 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was a senior ghostwriter for a large publicly traded company. I founded my company, The Ghost Publishing, about 11 years ago, and we're still here uh, alive and kicking. Because
0: mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot of the things you're describing, like challenges that entrepreneurs, people starting out, startups, you've gone through some of that yourself?
3: I have. I've gone through the tears I've gone through the oh my god did I make a bad decision I wonder if my old employer will take me back I've gone through all of those luckily at home I got a great support system so when I say that I'm so proud of entrepreneurs it's not me from looking from afar I'm one of them from within I I know what they go through because I go through it still.
0: How many members do you have now?
3: We have nearly 100 members.
0: And I mean, is that typical for a chamber to kind of grow that much in a couple of years?
3: For any business and startup, there are challenges. You know, we've had some financial restraints. What I do, what Paula does, Paula serves as a secretary for the chamber, and what our board does, we do it all volunteer. It's, it's for free. We give of our time. We lose money from our businesses to help the Hispanic business community. But when you're operating on such a tight budget, you wish you could grow faster. And another thing is the education A lot of Latino business owners, they didn't understand what a chamber exactly was. And then there's a misexpectation or miscommunication. And so some people would join thinking that we were their sales force and we were going to double their business, but that's not what we do. So while we're very proud of the numbers that we have, we have 99 members, we're very, very proud of that. We're also realized that before we get to a huge growth process, we're still in the education phase. We have to let our our constituents here know what it is that we do. And when you have the right expectation and then deliver on that expectation, that's when massive growth is gonna happen. And we feel like that's gonna happen pretty soon.
0: Paula, just back to your business for a moment. What's something that you wish you'd known 12 months ago when you were contemplating this move?
1: Well, how hard it was gonna be. Because even though there's a lot of support here in community, it was the hardest thing that i've had to do so far in my life and the uncertainty that eli talks about um you have to establish yourself in a community as as an expert and even if you have the receipts to prove it if you're new people don't know really how they don't trust you yet so going through that process and understanding that there's going to be a lot of rejection in the beginning and there's going to be you just need to keep going and and keep pushing so that 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 was very hard because I was already established and, and had a trajectory where people asked me why would you leave and it was really because I I, I felt like personally I I was more aligned with being in a in a city and in a close-knit community and more arts and culture focused so that was that was very challenging um but I think that being part of the Chamber has made it easier as far as is knowing that there's somebody there that I can talk to and just say like hey this is really tough how did you get through this and know that there's very experienced people that can give me a word of encouragement and um, yeah and we can get through it together.
0: Any other advice you'd give to people either thinking about starting up a brand new business or relocating to this part of the world?
1: Well don't be shy get in touch with the chamber right away get in touch with uh the city organizations like the greenhouse and uh, sbdc score mentorship i mean i have a score mentor they're amazing and everything that you can get plugged into go to all the events just just get yourself out there there's a lot of work from home businesses nowadays that don't really get out into the community and they really struggle because you can build a, a business online, but there's really nothing like having a community, a local community that will support you. So get out there, make connections, don't be shy, have very very clear what your message is, who you are and what you stand for, so that you can communicate that with people and they can promote it for you.
0: Eli, just to kind of wrap things up here, I wanted to, to bring it back to what you were talking about, some of the, the headwinds, the sort of political challenges or legislative challenges that Hispanic businesses particularly may be feeling. I mean, are there, are there some sort of fields in particular which are experiencing those headwinds? Do you see that changing at all in the near future?
3: Well, the, the industry that got hit the hardest, I think, in terms of what other people would experience uh, are the landscaping businesses and the restaurant businesses. You know, we're, we're, we're all used to, and not just Hispanics, I mean, just Americans are used to a certain level of service when you go to a restaurant and, uh, you know, but a lot of the people that we're doing, a lot of the back end stuff that we don't see isn't being done. Uh, so service is suffering. Things are not arriving on time as they used to. Landscaping is getting more costly because of the new hires that uh, you know require more to hire them so there is a growing ripple effect and that i think the average american citizen is starting to see or feel Uh, if if not then they will soon once they become aware of it
0: do you see that having some impacts kind of legislatively could
3: there be a a reset around some of these rules we are a, a business chamber and we stick with business we don't delve too much into politics. So uh, regardless of who you voted for, if you're in this country and you want to work, we're here to support you. We don't support any party. We just support the Hispanic business community. So I hope that the laws coming forward are are more favorable, uh, not to the expense of any other race or community, uh, but just all across the board. But again, we we stick to what we do. We stay in our lane. We'll let the politicians figure that stuff out. We're here to help out those that want the help.
0: Anything else you want to add as you kind of look to the future with the Chamber?
3: Not so much the future of the Chamber. I think the future of the Chamber is going to be okay. But to what Paula was saying to anyone thinking of starting a business, listen, don't sell yourself short. If it's your vision, go after it. If other people don't see it, they don't have the prescription for those glasses. That's not their vision. They're never going to get it. If you feel like you can make an impact in the world with the talent that God gave you, go after it all out. There is support.
0: Well, I want to thank you both. Eli Gonzalez, founder and senior writer with The Ghost Publishing and president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Pinellas County. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And Paula Lacey, CEO of Real Soul Ventures. Thank you so much, Paula.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at WUSF.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Halloween's approaching and we'd love to hear from you about what makes the holiday special. Fill out a form to tell us what you love about Halloween or get details about recording a voice memo on our website, WUSF.org. Our producer is Steve Newborn. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.